Intuitive Leadership Mastery, the podcast for entrepreneurs and leaders like you who want to double profits and half stress by improving your business intuition. Learn how with your host, Michaela Light. All right. Welcome back to the Intuitive Leadership Mastery podcast. I'm here with Melanie Gibbs Ginsburg. Hi, Melanie. Hi. And uh, we might be joined by uh, Samantha Alvarez. She is a nurse practitioner working in a hospital in New York, and she got some pages, so she might have difficulty joining, but we will cover for her part. And today we're going to be talking about entrepreneurial anxiety, apathy, and depression, which given the corona lockdown, the economic depression, and various other excitements and isolations is a big thing right now. So welcome, Melanie. For those who don't know Melanie, tell us about yourself in a, in a brief whatever. Wow, I'm awesome. <laughs> you are awesome. <laughs> Thank you. I, um, let's see. The reason that you should be trusting me to talk about this is that I experienced quite a heavy dose, I will say, of depression, entrepreneurial depression, anxiety, um, just very unpleasant while I was running my business and um, had to learn very fast how to swim. So now I'm hoping to teach these lessons. I'm hoping to catch them before the shipwreck, so to speak. Um, but during is also, you know, if I can pull myself out, you can pull yourself out. So wherever you're at right now, know that it will be okay and um, you, you can do it. That's great. And uh, as well as being uh, uh, an author, an intuition coach on business intuition, uh, I also have had episodes of depression and, and anxiety and OCD and various other things. So we'll talk more about each other's excitements later. Um, and I know Samantha has had episodes of anxiety and she gave uh, a meetup on this. And we both, all three of us, uh, have given various um, different meetups in the Dynamite Circle, which is an entrepreneur group uh, around this top, these different topics of uh, anxiety, apathy, and depression in entrepreneurship. So uh, very cool. Um, feel free to put questions in the uh, chat and uh, let's share the old screen because we have some cute slides. Uh, but if you're listening on audio, do not worry. Uh, we will be saying everything uh, that you need to hear. And uh, Michaela is wondering what happened to the show the screen button. Here it is. <laughs> Michaela's doing great. She is doing great, yes. And she's going to put a blue blocking glasses on, even though they don't make her look quite as cute. We'll talk about that later. Um, all right. So welcome to the, the uh, Entrepreneurial Anxiety, Apathy, and Depression virtual meetup in the times of corona. Um, hopefully everyone can see the screen. And hopefully... Um, oh. Okay. And uh, mentioned who, who's here, Michaela Light, Melanie Ginsburg, Samantha Alvarez. Um, and let's talk about why we're talking about this now. Melanie, why are we talking about this now? Well, <laughs> um, times are a little more uncertain than usual right now with all of the corona and lockdown constrictions, businesses are suffering and um, just there's 
I feel a lot more of the uncertainty in the air. The energy has been definitely different these past few months. People are scared. There's a lot of fear and anxiety, which can seep in and maybe mix with anything that's already inside of you and um, exacerbate anything that's already inside of you. So just seems prevalent at the moment. <laughs> it certainly does. And uh, also many people are locked down having to stay at home and they uh, can't see their friends. They can't travel to places. Um, you know, there's a lot of social isolation and, and that just makes any mental illness worse or, or creates it in the first place. Absolutely. Um, and then, you know, for a lot of people's businesses, the economy is a bit screwy. Um, some people's businesses are doing better now. Some people are the same. Some people's businesses have gone into the toilet. So um, that can create stress and mental issues of anxiety and depression. So, um, and I, I think the other thing is just there's a, um, there's a general like you said, there's a feeling of anxiety, but feeling of uncertainty. But I think there's also just general ang anxiety and depression floating around. Absolutely. You know, and many entrepreneurs are empathic and we pick up on other people's energy, which is why we're great at doing sales and great at hiring. Um, and also that means we tend to pick up other people's emotions. So, um, may not even be your own depression is what I'm saying, but we can talk more about that later let me um anything else we want to say about why now i think also to your point that a lot of people are spending more time at home and maybe they don't have the distractions that they're used to of traveling or seeing friends or going out to restaurants and bars and you know so so maybe some internal dialogues that they can usually suppress or ignore are are much louder now because there are fewer distractions Mm, that is a great point. Um, and we'll talk a bit more about how people cover up their mental illness later. Um, I, I think pretty much everyone listening has some kind of addiction that they use for that purpose. Um, maybe we, some of us have it more under control than others, <laughs> but perhaps not. Um, so great. Well, what, before we talk about, you know, mental illness, maybe we should talk about what, ideal mental health is what what you do we think that, that is hmm? you want to take that michaela uh sure well i think it's being resilient um you know able to deal with life's stresses and um you know just able to pivot fast in your business and your life if you need to change um i would say also you know just being calm you know and focused it's like being the uh, center of the, uh, you know, the eye of the hurricane that's got no winds blowing. It's just sunny blue skies, even though there's this crazy 100 mile an hour hurricane winds going around, around you. Um, and then perhaps on a more um, spiritual level, it's just being connected to spirit and connected to your intuition and your higher self. Uh, having, you know, SQ, which is, it's like IQ, which is IQ is emotional intelligent quotient or whatever it is sq is the, your spiritual intelligent quotient so um you know and perhaps another thing is is just that you have a great relationship with yourself you know you don't have that negative self-talk where you constantly beat yourself up you're like constantly 
praising yourself and encouraging yourself and looking for opportunities. So um, that, that's what I, I would say it is. Definitely. And I think a big point is to, to your last point about having a good relationship with yourself. Part of that is knowing that maybe challenges will arise in life and struggles will happen, but, but knowing that you are resilient and you can make it through and, you know, not beating yourself up when things go wrong, but just saying, okay, this, you know, how can I, how can I get over this hump or how can I readjust my sales or whatever? That is, I unshared my screen because people were trying to instant message me and I wanted to turn that off <laughs> without revealing to our audience what all those instant messages were. Yes. Um, so I, I think part of the thing is that, you know, if you break your leg, it's really obvious to you and everyone around you that you've got a broken leg and it would probably be a smart idea to go to a doctor or a hospital or an ER or whatever and get it fixed. But the problem with mental health is it's all in here mm -hmm. and other people may not realize. And, and to be honest, a lot of people have resistance to asking for help. They feel shame around mental health. And so you ask them, Hey, you know, they seem a bit down or, or anxious or whatever. And you're like, Hey, how's it going? And they're like, Oh yeah, fine. Two thumbs up. And then before you know it, you know, they're in a downward spiral and, and absolutely not saying anything. So and the other thing with it, because it's like an inside job, we it can kind of creep up on you, mm -hmm. you know? And, you know, you may not realize, it's sort of like alcoholism for anyone here who's ever had a problem with, with a substance, whether that's alcohol or, or drugs or uh, video games or sex or online shopping or whatever the addiction is. Um, you know, you can think, oh yeah, I don't have a problem. And then, you know, before you know it, you're drinking 10 glasses of what your favorite substance uh, and getting totally plastered and having, having side effects on your business and life that you're not, uh, you know, performing well. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I, I think that's important to recognize too, that, you know, we often don't even realize we have, have it. And, and the, the problem is that, it, it has that spiraling thing that you tend to spiral downwards when you're having mental illness issues. When you're having good mental health, you tend to be spiraling upwards. Absolutely. You know, you, you have positive thoughts, you pick positive friends, you make, you choose your environment to be a wonderful place to live. You make your business and clients and staff who work for you great and supportive people. And so that all spirals upwards to create a great life. When you're having mental illness, it tends to be the opposite. You tend to pick crappy customers, bad staff who are unreliable. You have friends who drag you down and pull you off into the addictions you have. And you, the place you live and work is in itself depressing or anxiety producing because there's a lot of clutter or, or whatever. And the thing with a downward spiral is that it's fucking hard to get out of it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Momentum is real. But I think it's really, I love what you said about the upward spiral as well, because again, that's why it's so important to, to catch the creeping problem and to pivot, because if you can switch and, and start spiraling upward instead, then the momentum will, will drag you that way. Yeah, I, th I love that word momentum. That is so uh, great to, to look at. So, um, 
and and it's good to be aware of that and that's true of many good habits right if if you want to get healthy if you get it into a habit of going to the gym with a buddy then you get momentum on that and you can build it up and the same with mental all mental health uh things so um let's uh move on to some barriers whoops whoops no i think we're on on the right slide there <laughs> um so we mentioned some barriers about it. You know, it's shameful to have mental health issues. People don't like talking about it, right? I mean, you know, I think if every, everyone listening probably either is ashamed themselves to talk about this or they have friends who, you know, avoid talking about it or they change the subject if you start, if you start talking about it. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I think that's a society-wide issue, that it's just not socially acceptable uh, to talk about it. It's kind of like... Um, you, you, you know, I wasn't around in the, the 19, whatever, 30s or whatever when it was, or Victorian times, when it was shameful to talk about sex. And then we had the, you know, the 1960s where it, for younger people it became acceptable to talk about sex or at least moderately acceptable. And I think we have the same kind of transformation we need to go through with mental illness. So um, anything else we should talk about with, barriers to mental health? I think the creeping problem is the biggest one and you touched on it, but just to, to reiterate, mental illness can be so hard to spot. Uh, you know, like you mm. were talking about the addictions, like, oh, it's just one glass of wine. And then all of a sudden you're drinking two bottles a day. Um, it seems like all of a sudden because it's really hard to, it creeps up. It's, it's a silent, it's a silent killer, you know? And um, so you can say like, oh, I'm just, hitting snooze today or like, oh, I'm just skipping one day at the gym or like, oh, I'm just spending this Friday night at home instead of hanging out with my friends or whatever you're, you can justify these one tiny thing and then they all of a sudden totally snowball. And then it's been two weeks since you've interacted with another human being and you're not showering and you're not brushing your teeth and you're not doing the things that you know are good for you. Um, and it, and it, it's so subtle. And, and avoid, avoiding other people is another one I used to do. You know, I was feeling a bit down. It would have done me good to connect with other people, but I avoided it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Which is just, <laughs> yeah, another really terrible thing about mental illness is that so many times it, it lies to you and it tells you that the things that you know will, will be actually helpful for you, it tells you that they won't be, which I think we'll get into later. Um, so it's so important to constantly check in with yourself and to be aware really of all of the things that we're talking about. So even if you're watching this or listening to this and you think that you don't have a problem, I hope that's the case and that's great. And it's also so important to still be aware of how these things can enter your life without you maybe even noticing. So you don't wake up six months from now and realize that you have a lot of, of, um, you know, (laughs) healing to do. Well, and, I would like to just put out there some statistics on mental health that 20% of Americans have mental health, mental illness every year. One in five of your friends, you know, in a, in a normal year would have a mental health issue at some point during the year, whether you realize it or not. But in this time with the lockdown and the economic stuff, uh, I, I saw some statistics Sam found that said, 30% of people have clinical depression. That's not just mild depression. That's like they're clinically depressed. And we'll talk more about what depression is later in the um, show. But 
And then 30% have PTSD or, or uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, you know, they're um, dealing with that. And then, so that's 60% of the, the population, yeah? I think of the other 40% remaining, probably a bunch of them have anxiety or mild depression or some other mental illness going on right now. And then let's throw into the mix entrepreneurs who are under far more stress typically than people who have a, a job or who are staying at home, being a parent or whatever. Um, not necessarily. I mean, sometimes staying at home with being a parent with young kids can actually be quite stressful. Um, but I think you have entrepreneurs a with hundred employees, you know, it's up to, it's up to you to keep everyone afloat, which is a hundred people's worth of <laughs> stress and anxiety. Yeah. And then also there's just this belief among entrepreneurs that you're supposed to be hustling and hyper busy yeah. all the time and society itself, you know, in the, in the matrix or the rat race or whatever you want to call it, it's like a badge of pride to be super busy, short on sleep, downing three martinis at lunch as you're with the madmen, you know, closing that deal. If you, as you, as we go through all these different things, so much of the behavior that causes mental illness is normalized in society. Mm. So true. So um, it, it's a crazy mixture, right? We've got this society that creates a lot of mental illness, creates a lot of homelessness and what have you. And yet we don't want to fucking talk about it. Yeah. We want to talk about it. That's why we're here. Everyone. That's right. You You're part of the solution. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, all right. I think, um, We've talked about resistance to asking for help um, and, you know, entrepreneurs having more financial and, and work responsibilities. I think we also need to talk about, you know, many of our listeners are digital nomads mm. or they, they, they identify as digital nomads, but right now they can't do a lot of nomading because <laughs> they're locked down, um, which can get very frustrating, right? Mm -hmm. And isolating. Could you talk a bit about that? Because I know you've, you know, before you planted your roots in Austin, Texas, you were nomading all over the place. Yeah, I was a nomad for about three years and I loved it for the most part. <laughs> it can be <laughs> challenging to, to connect with others and to connect on a deeper level with others in the nomad community. What I found is it was a lot of um, flash in the pan friendship. So it's like, oh, you're here for one week. And, and we get along, so let's just be best friends for one week. And then you're going to go to maybe Peru or whatever. I'm going to go to Mexico City, and we're never going to talk to each other again until the next year when we reconnect for one week or three days. Or maybe you'll never – like, I made so many friends that I just never speak to anymore. And it's nothing personal. It's just the nature of that lifestyle, which is fun. It's, I love meeting new people, and it's great to connect with all of these fascinating, interesting people from all around the world. but from a psychological standpoint, we need deep connections to feel secure. And we need to know, you know, so if I meet Alice um, and I know that she's leaving in one week, there's no really social accountability for me to, like, she's not going to check in on me. So I don't need to, it's, it's the accountability, you know, we need to know that we're cared about and that people want us to be healthy and successful and, and, you know, living our best lives or whatever. And when you have all of these like tiny friendships that are disposable, um, you don't get any of that accountability. Yeah. I, and I think that again, just like with how entrepreneurs tend to have more mental illness issues, 
even if they don't talk about it, than people in maybe the more general public. And I want to give an analogy there. I think we all recognize that when people are in the military, particularly if they've been deployed to a war zone uh, and have been seen violence or been injured, mm-hmm. you know, we recognize that they have more depression, more PTSD, more anxiety, more suicide. Sorry, I let the elephant out of the room there. I wasn't going to let the elephant out of the room. I had it locked up. But mm-hmm. we'll talk about suicide later because I think it's an important topic. Um, but we recognize that being in the military is a high mental illness risk profession. Mm-hmm. But we don't recognize that being an entrepreneur has a high risk mental illness. And in, in the modern American military, I know they do take some proactive steps to, to help people avoid having mental illness or be more resilient to it. And then they look after them after they come back to some extent. I'm not saying they're perfect, but at least they recognize there's an issue and they're doing something about it. That's what I think we need to do with entrepreneurship as well. That there's a recognition, support, and that we have some best practices to have great mental health proactively before we go into the combat of doing a startup or whatever the thing is. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the the point I wanted to make about... um, you know, digital nomad or location independence is, yes, it is isolating more so if you're being the travel butterfly and, you know, you don't have a stable base and roots there. And I think in general society, so many people I see, I, I, I remember once I was in something and had a deep meaning I get amazing converse caress. Self issue that causes mental illness, and it's it, that was before this lockdown. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. all right, I'll get off that that little rant box. <laughs> definitely, definitely, I'm right there with you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a quite crowded round box, which is kind yeah. of tottering on it. Guys, um, let's love each other and support each other and look yes. each other in the eyes. <laughs> All right. I think we should move forward onto uh, a, a deep dive into anxiety because a lot of entrepreneurs get anxiety. Um, so let's talk about that because it seems to be, uh, you know, increased, right? People who are mildly anxious, mm-hmm. who... Uh, and maybe we should talk about what perhaps we should just start by what is anxiety? Cause it's not just worry, worrying occasionally, right? It, it's a bit more than that. Mm-hmm. What do you think anxiety is? I think it's obsessive worrying, mm-hmm. you know, it's where you cannot stop yourself worrying. It's where you go to bed and you have difficulty going to sleep because you're worrying. You wake up in the middle of the night and you're worrying. You get up in the morning and instead of being fresh as a daisy, you're like immediately start worrying about your business and the situation of the world. And, um, you know, I think there's a spectrum of, of anxiety, right? On the lo- very lowest end, you hardly worry at all. Maybe when, maybe when you're jaywalking across the street and a truck tries to run you over, that's a legitimate reason for worrying. And, and that, to me, is the difference between healthy worry and mental illness is if there's a, re- a thing in your reality that would be, you know, a tiger walks into your office, perhaps it's smart to have a little anxiety, you mm-hmm. know? a little fear. Um, but if you're in a state of constant worry and you're having panic attacks and your heart is pounding and your hands are sweating, 
And even thinking about having that difficult conversation with that staff member who you're thinking of firing is driving you into a, a frenzy of fear, mm-hmm. then maybe you've got some anxiety. I don't know. What do you think, Melanie? I agree. I think it's, yeah, you hit on two really spot on um, components. One, the, uh, the uncontrollable aspect where it's just, you know, if you're trying to fall asleep and you literally can't stop thinking about these things, um, that's, that's different than just being like, oh, you know, did I turn my stove off today? And they're like, "Uh, I think I did. It's fine. And you can move on very quickly. And the other thing is, um, the, the, um, like, I don't want to say legitimate fears versus the illegitimate fears, but kind of, yeah, if there's a tiger, you, yes, be anxious about that and be afraid about that. But if you're just worrying about things that it's not productive to worry about, then you're just spinning your wheels, you know, for no reason. And that can almost make it worse because you're like, I know there's nothing I can do about this and I still can't stop. You know, it ties into the uncontrollableness. I still can't stop panicking about this, which they just play off of each other. And it's very unpleasant. It, it is. And it, it's not just, you know, people who, are, when I've had anxiety, it's not just, I'm afraid of the actual tiger in the actual office. It's like, I'm afraid of the possibility of the tiger escaping from the zoo and creeping into my office. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. It's having fears about stuff that isn't actually real. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you know or, or to put this in more concrete terms, you know, it's not just, you know, understanding what's going on in the economy. It's being obsessed about it and being afraid what might happen instead of like, well, hey, I've actually got some customers and they are paying me money and there are things I could pivot in my business and do about this. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. I also would like to point out that there's definitely a physical component to anxiety. Mm. You mentioned like sweaty palms. And um, for me, when I was experiencing really bad anxiety, it was like a lot of chest, not pain, but just like, um pressure i guess yes um constriction yeah yeah and some people i know experience it in their stomach or like some people if they carry stress in their back when they are having an anxiety attack or you know just feeling particularly anxious like their shoulders will maybe um tense up and i think it kind of if if you're already experiencing something it will make it worse (laughs) so like if you have back pain i think if you are particularly anxious a lot of times I mean, there's such a big connection between physical health and mental health. So if your back is already hurting from something else, it will just magnify it. I, I think that's very true. And, and, you know, we talk about mind-body medicine, right? That there's an intimate connection between the mind and body. And it's not a one-way direction. It's not that that stuff happening in your mind only goes into your body. It, it's mm-hmm. a feedback loop, stuff in your body. So if you're having some terrible physical thing, like you're always having backaches, Mm-hmm. it's often common to worry about it, right? And what if it gets worse? Yeah. What if I can't work, you know? Um, so, and then like you were saying, if we're having anxiety, it often can cause physical symptoms. And actually there are more neuroreceptors in the gut than there are in the brain. Yeah. Um, that's why when you, if you ever read the, you ever read or watch the adverts for antidepressants, you know, where they have this beautiful field with love and whatever, and then they have, two minutes of fine print where they go blah 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 blah, to cause all these terrible things and if you listen to that or read it often it's they cause physical symptoms you know they cause constipation or other stuff in the gastrointestinal tract so there's a strong connection 
between physical stuff and, and, and mental illness. In, in all of the mental illnesses we're going to talk about, that is true. Mm-hmm. So, um, and part of it also is, you know, your body chemistry, right? If yeah. you shift your body chemistry by eating different things or doing different behaviors like working out or not working out, you know, if you work out, it releases certain neurotransmitters into your body. It makes you feel better and calmer. If you mm-hmm. meditate, same thing. So we'll talk about things you can do to prevent and cure later, but I'm just saying there's a, there's a physical basis to that stuff. For sure, which again just contributes to the, the creep or the downward spiral because if you have a good meditation and exercise and diet practice and then you fall into these slumps and then you stop doing those things, it totally snowballs. And, and you know, yeah, the mind and the body are very, very connected. So if you're not exercising and not getting those endorphins, then it, the anxiety just feels heavier and, and darker. <laughs> and then it will make you not actually exer- like, then it makes you really not want to exercise or really not want to meditate. And then it just, uh, <laughs> so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> it, it is. It's amazing. It, you couldn't, we couldn't have dreamed up a more clever way to feel bad yes. by having it negative feedback spiral. Um, I, I think we didn't um, talk about OCD, you know, obsessive compulsive disorder that relates to anxiety, uh, you know, and that's where you're constantly having, you were talking about going back to check your house to see if you turned off things, but that can apply to work and perfectionism um, and wanting to control others and micromanaging. Those are all like, you know, associated with anxiety. Um, And then on the negative self-talk in anxiety, I think it's like just, it's almost like I put negative sunglasses on and I see everything in the worst possible light. Totally. You know, someone says something to me, perhaps they were just trying to give some constructive feedback, but I reinterpret it. Oh, they really hate me and they're never going to be my friend ever again. You mm-hmm. know? And not only do they hate me and they'll never be my friend, but no one will be my friend. <laughs> now, I want to associate this. I, I think having a really creative imagination is something that unfortunately is both beneficial for being an entrepreneur. You know, if you, if you are creating new products or services, you know, or selling, having a great imagination is as an asset. Mm -hmm. If you're having anxiety, it's a liability, you know, because you'll dream up even more crazy scenarios. So an entrepreneur is often a very creative. Yeah. That's a really good point. Um, you know, this is a, a thing that, so, um, let me talk about uh, some of the other related things to do with anxiety while you, if possible, you see if anyone has said anything in the Facebook. Um, we got uh, some hello. Case. People are sending love, but there are no questions. Oh, <laughs> love. Well, that's nice. So uh, some of the anxieties way it can form, and we put all these in detail in the handout we're going to share with everyone after, and it'll be in the show notes on the uh, episode. Um, agoraphobia, fear of, uh, you know, being in, uh, public spaces. I used to have that. I hated going to the cinema. I thought I'd vomit in the seminar and people would then never friend me ever again. Mm. Um, maybe just general anxiety disorder. Are you anxious about everything? Panic attacks. Um, I've had those where I just, you know, for no apparent reason, I just start sweating and couldn't breathe and, um, and the vomiting came up again. (laughs) Um, Maybe you're anxious in social situations. I used to hate going to parties. I used to have to down a whole bunch of alcohol before I'd even consider going in the door of a party. I, I gave up alcohol in 15 years ago, so I had to come up with better ways to deal with that. 
some of which include not going to the party when I don't feel in the mood. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then phobias. You know, I, a lot of people have phobias, you know, fear of spiders, heights, flying, um, you know, meeting new people, dealing mm-hmm. with money. I, I don't know. Um, and then um, another anxiety, maybe if you, if you do overindulge in, in substances, you may have anxiety when you stop taking the substance. If you stop drinking coffee, or I know that's the very naughty thing to say because a lot of people <laughs> drink coffee, but a lot of people get anxiety that if they can't get their coffee, they get anxious. For Same sure. with alcohol. Same with other drugs, smoking, um, street drugs, whatever you're into. So any, any other anxiety things you think we should? Uh, I think that's good for anxiety. You want to move on to apathy? Let's move on. Yes. Whoops. Apathy. Oh, this woman looks so apathetic. <laughs> for those who was watch, watching the video. Um, I just want to give a shout out to, to Ash in the DC who did the, got these slides done. He did a great job. Um, so what is apathy? To me, apathy is really just the lack of every emotion. <laughs> the, the good ones and sometimes the bad ones, but really, I mean, what we miss is the lack of the good ones. So lack of excitement, lack of engagement or interest in things, lack of motivation. You just really feel like nothing matters. Nothing matters today and nothing will matter tomorrow. So what's the point of me doing anything because it doesn't matter? Yeah, that phrase, whatever, comes mm, to my mind. Totally, yeah. Yeah, I think the main symptom is, is really the lack of motivation. And, you know, it since if you think of humans as like machines, you need, the motivation is what pushes us to do things. So if there's no motivation, there's no action. And again, this, this uh, relates to the downward spiral and the negative feedback loop. Um, because then we just don't do anything. If you're saying, oh, whatever, you're laying in bed all day, you're watching Netflix or you're eating ice cream, and those are great to do sometimes, <laughs> but not always. Um, so, yeah, that, that to me, I think, is the main piece of apathy. I, I love that distinction. So in, in anxiety, the downward spiral was anxious thoughts and mm-hmm. maybe withdrawing from activities because of that but in apathy it's the lack of motivation mm-hmm. um and maybe negative thoughts about hey what's the point or mm-hmm. why bother it's not going to work anyway mm-hmm. um and then just not doing anything and because you don't do anything that gives you the feedback that you don't feel good because for me when yeah. i take action even if i don't feel like it if i go to the workout yeah. i do my yoga even though i'm in a shitty mood i actually yeah. feel better afterwards you know? and then Absolutely. i feel motivated to do other things if if I pick up one of the mismatched pairs of socks lying on the floor in my bedroom and put them away, yeah. I suddenly feel motivated to pick up a second one. Or if I, exactly. Exactly. If, I do, if I do that one thing I've been procrastinating about in my business, it makes me want to do something else. Absolutely. So. And again, we couldn't have designed a, a more clever or evil <laughs> system for this because when you're experiencing apathy, you can say, Like for me, when I was really deep in it, I was like, I remember that like in my past, I used to feel pumped up after going to the gym, but that's not real anymore. Like I must be (laughs) remembering that. Like there's no Mm. way that 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 could help me feel better today because things are just different now. 
Um, and, and it's so easy to convince yourself of that as well. So not only do you lack the motivation, but you lack the belief that anything you do will change, which again, mm. so detrimental. This is like the most evil genius. <laughs> whoever, whoever like concocted this, they were, they were very cruel and very clever. <laughs> yes. And, it, and it's different from just feeling tired, you know, for an hour or two, because you, you know, that's, that's also a lack of taking action, mm-hmm. but it's, it's not got that overlay of, of like, there's no point. So, yeah. and, and often this is related to, to burnout. You know, a lot of entrepreneurs get burnt out or, or bored is another B word, Yeah, you know, which is related to apathy. Um, and I don't think we recognize that. And, but we do, you know, when I talk to other entrepreneurs, I'd say at least half of them are like either talking about selling their business or pivoting it. Mm. Now there may be legitimate business reasons for selling a business or pivoting it. And I think a lot of it comes down to people are burnt out and not admitting it and not, and they don't address that. And then they become serial, uh, you know, entrepreneurs or Mm. they become serial pivoters yeah. And they never, it's sort of the same issue with digital nomads who, who, when they're coming up against a mental health issue, instead of addressing their boredom or their burnout in their life, they go and travel to a new destination. Absolutely. So that's why, again, this is entrepreneurs are more risk of that because if you had a, a traditional job, yeah, sure. You could go change jobs, but that's not quite as easy as what entrepreneurs, you know, we have so much total freedom in, in what we do in our business that it's mm-hmm. easy to become subject to these things. Mm-hmm. So um, what are some of the symptoms you've seen where in apathy or in yourself or other people? <laughs> how would you, how would people, apart from the fact you're not taking action and your, your bedroom's a mess or office um, is a mess? Yeah. Or email folder is a mess. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's actually a very spot on thing. Like, um, your e- like chores pile up, things pile up, emails pile up, tasks pile up because you're just not doing anything. Um, so if you look around your life and all of a sudden you're like, I have a hundred emails to respond to dishes in the sink and you know, 17 un- like missed calls that I need to return and 15 unlistened to podcasts or whatever, whatever it is. Um, I think that's a big symptom. <laughs> that would be a big clue that maybe you're experiencing some apathy. And related, you know, issues in your business that really should be dealt with, like that terrible customer that you want to get rid of or the yeah. employee who needs to have a good talking to or, or be fired. Yeah. Or the position that you haven't filled that means you're overwhelmed. And overwhelm is another symptom of this, I think. Yeah. Um, so not taking action to make things better, but maybe doing things that are distractions or busy work. Yeah. Cause you yeah. just cause so I have, when I have apathy, it doesn't mean I'm not doing anything. I'm just That's not true. doing what needs doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. or and, for me, if you ever get to the end of the day and then you're like, what did I actually do today? <laughs> oh, That's always a clue for me that maybe I'm not, I'm not in a great spot. Um, you know, I'm not sure I would, be willing to bet that most of the listeners and viewers have some sort of evening routine or something, you know? Um, and if you don't, I invite you to, 
But for me, it's, I always like kind of check in with my day and do a quick reflection. And sometimes I'm like, what, literally, what did I do today? I don't even know. Like I was quote busy all day, but what do I have to show for it maybe? Or like, what did I actually accomplish? And I think you made a great point, Michaela, that it's not always, apathy isn't always not doing anything because we're very good at tricking ourselves. <laughs> so you can have very busy days, but still be not, um, you know, making any movement towards the goals that you care about. Yeah. And not feeling fulfilled. Right? Mm -hmm. I think that's part of the key in this. And, and another sign is just your addictions have gone up. Yeah. You know, a, a notch or several notches. You're drinking more, you're going on social media more, you whatever your addiction du jour is. Mm -hmm. um, but you, or reading news is another common one. And we didn't mention that in the anxiety one, but social media and news yeah. uh, addictions often play into anxiety because they give food for the anxiety, you mm -hmm. know, uh, um, whatever creature that lives in our head. <laughs> it's like those monkeys they talk about, you know, that are distracting people from meditating. Some of the monkeys are anxiety monkeys, some are apathy monkeys, some are yeah. depression monkeys. And we feed them, you know. Yeah, we do. You know, here's a little social media snack for you, Ms. Apathy monkey, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and then they, whatever. So, uh, and again, you know, apathy can be associated with lots of physical issues, headaches, uh, tummy aches, digestion issues, anemia, mm -hmm. um, you know, depressed immune system. And in fact, all, all mental illness depresses the immune system. Mm -hmm. And right now with this coronavirus floating around, we all want great immune systems, I hope, because mm -hmm. uh, that's the best way to avoid getting sick, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, hospitals and doctors are all great and fine, but the best key to health is to look after your own health. Absolutely. And having a good immune system is a good part of that. Um, so, and then one final thing I think on apathy is, is just numbing out. Yeah. You know, uh, maybe that applies to all of these mental illness issues that, you know, that's what the addictions do. They help us numb out, but just as a general, we want to protect ourselves because we don't like feeling this way. Um, yeah. And so, so we just numb out. And you can really see that in people who've come back from war. I don't know if you've ever seen photos of soldiers who've just come back from the front line. They have mm -hmm. this, they're not connected. They're, they have this faraway look in their eyes mm -hmm. and they're just, they're just not there, spiritually speaking. It's like their soul left their body. Yeah. So, yeah. all right. I think um, we should probably move on to depression, <laughs> looking at the clock. <laughs> Oh, we could talk about this forever. <laughs> I, I know. Uh, well, maybe we should come back and talk about some other aspect in the future, but I, I want to make sure we cover all the things. Yeah. We've got to talk about prevention and cures too. I know. We have so much to say. Yes. It's a big topic. Like so still an apathy slide. Oh, I'm on the apathy slide. Were the two apathy slides? I may have slowed. Show, I'm probably showing the wrong slides. <laughs> it's Okay. <laughs> But we'll move on to depression. Yeah. You're listening to the Intuitive Leadership Mastery Podcast. Get detailed show notes on today's episode together with your free What Would It Take Business Intuition Guide at intuitiveleadershipmastery.com. And now, back to today's show. So in so. my experience... Depression is kind of the terrible combination of apathy and anxiety. It's just like the worst. Mm. 
I wish for no one to ever experience this because it, it is a lack of interest, a lack of belief that things can get better, a lack of um, joy and excitement and all of the happy emotions that we get to feel as humans. Um, and there's also the total negative self-talk that I think comes a lot with anxiety that nobody likes you, nobody cares. You know, what you were saying, Michaela, about you, you have these lenses on and anything, you know, someone can say, oh, hey, sorry, I missed your call. And you just totally interpret that to the absolute worst um, degree. And yeah, it's quite awful. I think it's really important to say that there's a big difference between feeling sad and feeling depressed the same way that we talked about anxiety, that there's a difference between, oh, I'm scared of this tiger. That's like a legitimate fear. And I'm scared that the world is ending or, you know, no one in the whole world cares about me as a human. So there, it's normal as, as humans, we have a spectrum of emotions and I think that's cool. It's, it's normal to feel sad and it's normal to feel the like quote bad emotions. And I think it's healthy to feel those things, but depression is just so much deeper. It's um, longer, it lasts longer and it's more nebulous. I think like, it's not, you know, if I say, oh, my cat died, that's a thing. And then I feel sad about it, cause and effect. But depression is just like everything. It's just like, Everything sucks. Everything is terrible. Um, yeah, it's uh, more long-lasting. Yeah. It, I mean, it's not just being sad for an afternoon because you saw a sad movie or something yeah. in your life happened that was sad. It is, um, you know, this. you wake up feeling crappy. Mm -hmm. And and also, like you say, there's this mental chatter that you're not good enough, you're a bad person. It's not just you're sad, you're bad because yeah. you're sad. Yeah. And nobody will loves you today and nobody can ever love you. Yeah. You know, it's that, it's that um, exaggeration. Oh, so cruel. Um, and you can't be fixed. You know, there's, there's oh, I feel depressed just saying these things. Blech. I know. <laughs> <laughs> get those out. Don't let yeah. that monkey it's not be true. It's not true. If your voice is, if your inner voice is telling you those things, it's not true. You are loved and you can get better and your existence does matter. And you are worthy of all of the happiness that you want and desire. And that's the truth. It is the truth. Absolutely. I went into a little anxiety spin that I had the wrong slides up, but I think I just hadn't edited the slides. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you're doing a great job, Michaela. <laughs> Thank you. So, um, yeah, and I think you can say that apathy is kind of a cousin of depression, but mm -hmm. it doesn't have that all those that, the same negative voices going on. Yeah. It's got a different set of its own negative voices. So, um, and just to speak of those negative voices, you know, they may have come from our childhood or some other traumatic experience from teachers or coworkers or bosses or customers or spouses even, you know. Yeah. It's pretty common that someone is in some kind of business or family relationship with someone who is not helping. Yes. Um, so, you know, those negative voices may be just repeating back what you've heard. Mm -hmm. Or they may have come from me movies or, or news or, or, you know, other things of that nature. So there's a lot of programming that happens in our lives from other people or from Definitely. media or organizations. You know, some organizations instill, you know, I, 
I don't want to beat up on the military, but they go through this boot camp thing where, as I understand it, they basically try and pull, pull people's egos down by saying they are a bunch of crap. Mm. And then supposedly they build them back up in the mold they want them to be, to be killing machines. Mm, sounds pretty kind of weird to me either yeah. way. But yeah. my point is that's not just true in the military. A lot, you know, some religions do that. Um, yeah. Some schools do that. Um, some offices and corporations do that. They just make people feel bad about themselves um, yeah. as an ineffective way to motivate them to do what the organization wants. Um, so are we ready to uh, let the yeah. woo-woo out of the box? <laughs> Go for it. This is all you, Michaela. <laughs> oh, okay. So um, it may be those voices are not, even in your own head, they may be negative spiritual entities that are attached to you that are telling you bad things. And I see this a lot in my work that people have negative entities attached to them. And when I work it on more, they go to an energy healer or shaman and have those removed. Suddenly they don't have the same negative voices running around. They don't have the same crappy feeling in their emotions and in their bodies. So I just want to put that out there. If you're open to woo woo, then, and you're having any of these mental illnesses, just, you know, it may not be your mental illness. You might be being a attacked by mm -hmm. either other spirits or other people may be putting energy cords into you and draining your energy. I've had that happen a lot. Um, so, you know, just, just the thought to be open to that. Mm -hmm. All right. Are we ready to uh, let the elephant into the room or should we? Uh... I think we can address it. Yes. All right. The elephant is suicide. Now, I was reading about suicide statistics uh, yesterday. Um, over 129 people every day in the United States of America actually succeed in committing suicide. That's 40,000 people every year. And that's in a normal year. I believe more people are doing it now, but I don't have the current statistics on this year. But I do know in previous similar things like the Great Depression in the 1930s, uh, the suicide rate went up. It's also the case the suicide rate has increased by 25% since the turn of the millennium. Um, and the, those are just the people who actually succeed in killing themselves. Uh, do you want to know how many people attempt suicide a year? Want to make a guess of that? Anyone listening? Or, or? That's too sad. I don't want to guess. <laughs> okay. 1.4 million people in the United States every uh, single year attempt suicide. Just in the US. That's, that's terrible. That's just the US. Worldwide, it's bigger. Yeah. And then, um, I forget the exact number on this, but I want to say maybe 9 million people have suicidal thoughts every yeah. year that they've reported to someone else. Obviously, more people than that have them and keep them to themselves. But mm -hmm. um, This is a crisis in our society, yeah. I believe. For um, sure. And the economic cost of this is more than $60 billion every year from you know, all the hospitalization and lost work and, and what have you. And that's just a suicide. If you put all these other mental illnesses in there, I've no idea what the, the economic cost of this is. I mean, there's the enormous personal and spiritual cost, but this is actually costing businesses um, money as well that we're not addressing this. I believe it. Um, and I, 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 it, can I have your permission to go on a brief rant? permission granted <laughs> I, yeah i know i'm almost on the rant already um i i just think that 
our Western society, not just the United States, but all Western societies have way more mental illness than I've seen in other countries I've traveled to. Way more. Mm -hmm. And we have way more homeless. And a lot of homelessness is related to mental illness. And, you know, a lot of people try and help out or do help out, right? You know, we have therapists you can see. We have doctors. We have counselors. We have support groups. We have Alcoholic Anonymous. We have lots of churches. We have all kinds of groups who, who help treat the symptoms of, of, of this crisis. Mm -hmm. But it's like, we never sit down and say, what the fuck is wrong with our society that 20% of Americans or more currently even more are mentally ill every single year. Mm -hmm. And all those tens of thousands of people commit suicide, millions of people either attempted or thinking seriously about it and have a plan for it. Yeah. Isn't something seriously wrong with our society? Yes. <laughs> and, you know, all the soul-destroying jobs and isolation and consumerism maybe is not the direction we should be going in. And perhaps with this corona lockdown, economic disruption, political shifts, all the other things that are coming in this year for those of us who are precognizant and can see what's happening uh, and could happen. There's an enormous shift happening. And perhaps the, the, even the name of the year, 2020, which in eye vision, right, means clear vision, maybe some, you know, many people are, are getting a much clearer vision that perhaps the direction we've been going in is not one that creates happiness and health in most people. For sure. For sure. And um, I just want to very clearly say, uh, we, we address this a little bit later in the presentation, but if any of you listening or watching are experiencing suicidal ideation or suicidal tendencies, please, please, please um, reach out for professional help. We can throw up some resources in the comments here. Uh, there are plenty of hotlines and even um, just telling loved ones what you're experiencing to, you know, kind of share just, just to be seen and to share that a little bit. Um, it's, it, I'm, I know it's very frightening to do that and to admit that to yourself and to admit that to others. Um, but it's so important because again, like all of those voices in your head, if they're telling you that it doesn't get better and life isn't worth living, those are, those are lies and your existence is a beautiful gift to the world and we all need you here. So please, please take care of yourself. Yeah, we, that is great. Thank you for saying that. We don't want to let the elephant in the room not be addressed. Mm -hmm. So, um, And I say the elephant in the room because people don't talk about this stuff. And that's part of the problem because it kind of keeps the, the, those negative thoughts inside your head and they, they can grow until they're crazy yeah. uh, in size um, and crazy in, in how they are. For sure. Um, but... Yeah, definitely. If anyone's feeling any of these things, in particular, suicide so final, you know. Yeah. And and even you know, although many more people attempt it than succeed, even the people who attempt it, it's so harmful to the their to their mental body, you know, their emotions. It creates yet more negative voices that not only are they a crappy person, but they even are crap at trying to kill themselves. Right. right. So. Um, yeah. I think and then, instead, this seems like a good time to move into prevention and cures because yes, we so should move many, out of the. There are the, so many ways to reverse this momentum. If you're in a downward spiral, it just takes one little. I don't mean to like say all it takes is one little shift, but 
you just need one one win and it changes the momentum into a positive yes. spiral and Thank then that snowballs and and then life becomes beautiful again and it is beautiful and i know that you know that somewhere so whether you remember it right now you have experienced that joy and um you you will experience that again Thank you. Yes, we don't want to create a downward spiral here. Um, and I have moved to the prevention tips. I, I do want to say one other thing on um, mental illness in general and suicide in particular. It affects everyone around the person. If someone is depressed or apathetic or um, anxious, all their staff and customers pick up on it. Their family picks up on it. If someone in your organization or your family has these issues it does and if if anyone actually does commit suicide all the people around them typically have quite a lot of trauma around it it's just like a soldier in combat if they're you know their buddy in the whatever they call those teams that soldiers work in i, I forget pl platoons or something I, i'm not good on military speaking though yeah. i think i had a past life where i was in the military if not several and i've read a lot yeah. of books on it but um you know, if you're with someone who dies, particularly if they die suddenly and violently, it's traumatic. And that can create PTSD and mental illness itself. So, all right. Prevention tips. Let's start with the basics, right? These are things we all know. Probably your mom told them to you. And you probably gave them your mom the middle figure, finger mentally when she told you these things or possibly did. But they help so, so much. Mm-hmm. So common basics are quality sleep, um, healthy diet, good gut health, uh, you know, no or, or moderate drug use, uh, exercise, time in nature, sunshine, um, getting away from all your digital devices, getting regular touch. Now, I think most people could accept that all these things probably do help mental health. Mm -hmm. Most of them actually help physical health too. Yeah. Of course, the two are intimately tied together. But so often as entrepreneurs, we carry a badge of honor to like, oh, yeah, I only had two nights, two hours of sleep last night. Uh -huh. Or, yeah, I, I wasn't, I, I was so busy on doing this pitch to the investors I didn't eat. Or, you know, or, or let's have a few brewskis and a few turns into a whole bunch of beers. Mm -hmm. um, so... Or, or we stay in front of inside in, in front of our computer all day and don't get any sunshine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I call them the basics, but because they are, you really need these things in there. The fact they're building blocks for mental health, but Absolutely. we forget to do them because we think we can get away with it. And mm -hmm. maybe when we're 19 years old, you know, you can do without sleep and still be okay ish. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on these things? I agree. They're so, they're so important. And yeah, it's really that you nailed it. They're the, the foundation, the building blocks, you know, like everything else is kind of just bonus. I think like it's, it's also, I think with the apathy and with some of the symptoms of these mental illnesses, it's so easy to convince yourself that you don't need to, you don't need to sleep or you literally can't if you're so anxious that you're not getting a good night's sleep, you know, and then again, it goes into the negative feedback loop. So really just like focusing everything you can do to get yourself back to the baseline health will really help you, well, prevent it. And depending if you're in it with um, improvement. 
Well, and here's the thing I found that if I'm having trouble sleeping, what I used to do is I'd reach for a drug or I'd mm. reach for social media or TV or something that really wasn't actually helping, but it kind of distracted me from the fact that I was having difficulty in this area. Yeah. So, um, you know, it can, they can kind of whatever mm-hmm. spiral in on each other. So what, what about those are things I think we can all agree on are, are helpful to do. And, and I just suggest to anyone who's having some, you know, if you're on the border or you think you might have mental issues or if you'd prefer to have, you know, prevent them in the first place, just make a list of these. We, they're all listed out in the handout. We're going to link in in the show notes and we'll put in the um, Facebook live uh, thread later. Um, you know, what I do for a lot of these things is I have a little spreadsheet that lists all the basics and I check them off. Yes. Mm-hmm. And this could be printed. It could be a piece of paper. You check them off or, or whatever, but I like a little spreadsheet where the cells turn green when I put yes in them. Cause it kind of gives me a little thrill. Yeah. Um, and then I, I kind of, a, it helps motivate me to do these basics. But secondly, I can look back on my week and say, oh, yeah, Tuesday was a bad day. Oh, I noticed Monday night I didn't sleep good and, and I didn't do these other things that day. And, oh, maybe that's correlated. You know? mm-hmm. Which comes to the next point of detection. How can we – we mentioned this is a creeping problem. It's often hard to even know you're starting to go down the slippery slope of mental illness. What are some ways that have helped you to detect um, – you know, that something you're, you're starting to spiral yeah. down. Great question. I think self-awareness is the coolest thing that humans can do. We can learn. So for me, what I, the ways that I check in with myself is <clears throat> daily meditation and daily journaling. Um, those are the big two for me personally. Um, but other, other people may really rely on their intuition or, um, you know, looking at their surroundings, like mirroring is really big. You mentioned before that if, if you, are surrounded by maybe negative friends who uh, don't necessarily support you or that would be a dirty mirror. Yeah, exactly. One of those fairground mirrors that makes your face look ugly. Exactly. That would be bad friends, bad family members, bad members of staff, bad mastermind members. Yeah. So So just the things that, um, you know, whatever works best for you to check in with yourself. How do you, I don't know, maybe you have a daily dialogue with yourself. You look at yourself in the mirror and say, hey, Melanie, good morning. How are you feeling today? That's a great idea that I just thought of. <laughs> maybe I'll start doing it. So whatever it is to just um, be raise your awareness around around how you're feeling. I see beautiful Samantha has joined us. I, I temporarily muted you just because you were rustling as you got yourself settled from your pages of helping out other humans in their health. So. Um, nice hairdo too. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I think, think positive mirroring. Uh, I, I find sh- coaching also helps, you know, if I share it with either yeah. a professional coach or a friend who's good at listening, uh, that can help me re- recognize I've got these patterns going on. Um, and being in a good mastermind is invaluable. Um, for me, a good mastermind is where people are prepared to lovingly say the truth. If they see it, if they think I'm looking depressed, they'll say, Hey, Michaela, you're looking a little down. What's, you know, what's going on? Give me space. A mastermind um, or just friends and family can reflect that back to you as well. If, if, um, you know, observant and loving as well. (laughs) Yes. So what other prevention things? I, I, I'm in a gratitude group. Cool. 
every day we share some gratitudes or some people write down a gratitude at the end of the day or the beginning of the day. Yeah, um, I do both. <laughs> woo! Can't have too much gratitude. <laughs> I agree. You can't have too much. And the cool thing about gratitude is it really, um, like since I do it <clears throat> at the end of the night, I find that during the day I'm like, well, what will I be grateful for tonight? So you're, you're scanning your environment for those good things and you're just tuning your brain to look for the positive. And over, you know, I've been doing this now every single night for at least two years. And it, it like is so my brain, it's so much better trained to look for good things. I think a lot of these things become habits and, um, and you know, with physical stuff, you know, if, if you wanted to have toned arms, you recognize you've got to like do some yoga or lift some weights or swim or whatever the thing is you do. Um, and I think we forget that with the hidden side of mental health, that, we need to, if you want to have good mental health, you've got to actually take some action and focus on it and make some good habits and get some support from people to maintain that. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I guess, you know, if, if we let our body go to seed and you're, you're around people who are pretty healthy, you know, they probably speak up, but we're not quite as practiced at speaking up when someone's mm-hmm. mental health is not doing so well. So I encourage people to, that's something to, for all of us to improve. Anyway, other things that prevent, I I would say laughter and play are really important. Um, I've noticed that unless young children, you know, toddlers under age seven, unless they've been abused or had some other credible trauma, generally they're fucking happy and resilient, you know? Um, And one of the keys to that you know, scientists have studied children. They laugh hundreds of times a day. You know, you hear them giggling and for no reason. And it releases some of this toxic mental stuff or stress and helps them be happy. Mm. And adults, by comparison, typically only laugh three or four times a day. Mm. So get your laughter quotient up. Maybe one day, maybe one day, like that Fitbit that measures how many steps you take, maybe they'll have a an Apple watch or something that counts how many times you laugh a day and tracks that. (laughs) There's a lot of research, Michaela, that shows that laughter, that our brain can't tell the difference between genuine laughter and like quote forced laughter. So if you've heard of laughter yoga, it's just people for a half hour or an hour just going, ha 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 ha. And to create those, those positive chemical releases in your brain. And also in my experience of laughter yoga, it actually creates genuine laughter as well because you feel really silly and it's also just like a lot of joy in the air. So if, if you don't think you have enough laughter and you're feeling uninspired with the Netflix stand-up comedian options, just fake it. Fake it till you make it and I think you'll still get a lot of those positive benefits. That is a great point. I think uh, Sam wrote something in the chat she wanted to share. So I'll un- unmute her. <laughs> Can you hear me? There's a lot of noise here. We can hear you and we can't hear the noise. Oh, good. I'm in the lobby. I'm actually, I, I can't see my own picture, which is unusual too. Um, but I'm in the lobby and I unfortunately can't stay for long either. I, don't, I wrote something, but I don't remember what it was. What did I write? You write, it becomes a grat- gratitude treasure hunt throughout the day. Oh, yeah. I wrote, a bur- I wrote a book on burnout, right? And that was one of the, <laughs> gratitude was a big part of it. And uh, You wrote I a book it- on it and you didn't tell us? Well, it's a book on mindfulness. And well, oh, no, okay. it's a book on burnout. Yeah. 
the burnout recovery diet. It's guide. It's because it's for nurse practitioners. It doesn't really apply to a lot of people. I, I, this was my oh. first business idea, which totally bombed because I had no idea what I was doing. But I wrote a book. Woo. Um, <laughs> five minutes away keeps the burnout away. Mm. Um, and so one of, the, uh, one of the things is to do a treasure hunt for in the morning when you look at your morning schedule to look for the patients you're excited to see today uh-huh. clinic, mm. and be like, oh, I get to see Justine for blah, blah, blah. And then the afternoon to do the same thing instead of looking for the ones that you're like, Oh God, I got to see blah, blah again, which is what we normally do. So look for the one you're really excited account. about seeing. And uh, just like you're doing with the, when you said you do, you, once you get used to doing gratitude at night, um, you start looking for it during the day. So it's the same thing. If you look, think about what you're looking forward to, and what you're going to look back on, it, it raises awareness of things you have to be grateful for. Love that. That's a great thing. Now, you're in a quite stressful situation working in a hospital in New York City during the corona hours a crisis. Yeah. 84 hours a week, long hours too. Do you have long 12 shifts? Hours. 12 hours 12 a day, hour 7 days a week. I've worked 27 out of the past 28 days. That sounds quite stressful. It's almost as stressful as being in a startup, if not more. Just a touch. It's less hours so what, than being in a startup, but it's more stressful. Yes, because people are sick and dying and crabby and what have you. Yeah. Um, now, I'm curious if you have any prevention tips that you've you know, been following in the last 28 days. I've lost almost my entire self-care routine for lots of reasons because I just mm-hmm. can't do it. So I have started doing a couple of different things. The first is a gratitude practice. I do, so I wake up at 5.20 every morning. I'm on the day shift, 7A to 7P. So I wake up at 5.20, my alarm goes off. I do a three-minute headspace meditation, and then it ends. And then as long as I stay awake, the other seven minutes, I think about all the things that I have to be grateful for. Like, I'm grateful to be here. I'm helping. I'm where I need to be. I had to quit my job to be here, so it was a big deal. Like, there's a lot of things that I'm really... I'm in the right place at the right time and I'm really grateful for that. So I just, I feel that gratitude and I do the same thing when I go to sleep. Um, Just for a couple of minutes, I'm like, you know, I'm really grateful that I'm here. I have food I'm being taken care of. I see lots and lots of people dying and I'm not one of them. And it's pretty amazing. And uh, during the day for separate reasons, I had to get an Apple watch. Um, and so, but it's got a breathe thing on it that dings every couple hours that says you should breathe for one minute. And I find that super helpful because I'm literally running around all day. I got another two pages as I was sitting down. So I'm supposed to be on my way somewhere else to go. I'm a coronavirus swab or tester. So I do the stick the thing in the nose and the mouth to dozens of people every day. Whenever the doctors or nurses or PAs, nurse practitioners or PAs order them, I go and do them to the patient. And so they just, they hit our pager to have us come, you know, and sometimes they're fine and just waiting to go home. And sometimes they're in the ICU. And sometimes I walk up and, you know, it's somebody I was talking to two hours ago and now they're dead. Like it's really, really uncertain footing of Mm. what's going on here at the hospital. Um, But the gratitude practice, the, the breathing piece on the iWatch, Apple watch has really, really helped. And also maintaining perspective. I'm around a lot of people who are complaining. Mm. I'm so jealous. So I haven't had a truly hot meal in four weeks. Oh, my um, God. I don't, I don't have access to hot food. I don't have access to a microwave. Like, I have access to takeout, but it takes them an hour to get here because everything in New York is closed. And it's a 
it's a clusterfuck. I mean, it's a crisis. There's a reason I'm here. Um, so I had some of my friends will complain like, I can't, I'm so jealous of the people that have, you know, hot food with, with their microwave or they can go to a restaurant and, you know, eat out and whatever. And I'm like, I'm grateful I have food. Mm-hmm. I'm really grateful I have food. I have a place to sleep tonight. I have meaningful work to do. I get things to do. So it helps. It's a little bit problematic. Uh, I can't see if the person is here, so I don't want to talk about it too much. But it can be a little bit problematic to hear those kinds of things. But actually, to a certain extent, some of it helps me because it helps me maintain perspective. Like, I'm here. I'm taken care of. I have food to eat. I got work to do. And I'm really grateful to be here. Now and I watch dings at me and tells me to breathe. And I do. That's <laughs> <laughs> great. <laughs> I, I think breathing is a really great thing that helps clear a lot of these mental issues amazingly. So it seems so simple. We didn't write it in the basics list. But yeah. It's all I have time seems, for right now. I mean, if it takes yes. longer than a minute, I'm out. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, I'm 14 hours a day. I have to get on the bus by 6.15 and I'm not, not home until usually after about 8.15. So they're actually 14-hour days with the commute, and I don't have time for anything that I normally do. I'm not doing my stretching. I'm not doing my – yeah, I, I just have to do the bare minimum and be, and be okay with that because that's where I am right now. And I have a day off tomorrow. A friend of mine is getting married, so I got the day off tomorrow. Yay. Yay. I have to talk I to also... four people on three different days to get the day off, but I got it. Yay. I, I also just want to reflect that the gratitudes you mentioned, like I have food to eat, sounds so simple and basic that many people who haven't done a gratitude practice might not even think to think of that as a gratitude. And one of the keys to me of a gratitude practice is to recognize, recognize there are so many thousands of things I can be grateful for that I might have been ignoring. Yeah. it's Well, and the other thing is I'm in the middle of a crisis, right? So it's right in our faces. Like I don't have access to hot food and I haven't for a long time. And so that's a thing that I think about. I'm like, wow, I really wish I could have this or have that. And I think those thoughts too, because it's true. Like I wish I could make something or eat something out and get it delivered. Like to get it, put a plate down in front of me and it'd be hot and I can eat it like I used to. Like that's a big change for my normal life. And so it makes me reflect on other people in different parts of the world. And because I'm in the middle of you know, shit exploding all over. And uh, New York City is still basically closed. And I, it's just, I'm, I'm seeing these really basic needs not being met. Like there's a lot of people going hungry, not, not just missing hot food, but going hungry because of the economic consequences of the shutdown of a city of 9 million people. Like there's a ton of people without any food. And so seeing that on a daily and hourly basis helps me reflect on, wow, like I'm here, I'm paid to be here, right? Like I'm a volunteer and I'm crazy for being here, but I mean, paid. you know, uh, I'm one of the few people with a job in the city right now. So, or income, it just, it's, it helps provide perspective and that's been really meaningful. Well, thank you, Samantha, for your insights from the front lines of this crisis. You're welcome. And thank you also for contributing to the handout and the presentation. You're welcome. Yes. So I think I'm going to run and go do these swabs. Yes. Happy swabbing. I'm grateful for you joining. Thank you. Love you both. You're fantastic. I'm so glad you did this. Yay. All right. Ciao, ciao.
All right. Um, let's wrap up the prevention. Sure. We mentioned uh, avoiding news and social media or limiting them, you know, maybe with an app. I use Rescue Time. You probably have your own mm-hmm. little app you use for that that just, you know, it monitors how much time you spend on those sites. And it will, in the case of Rescue Time, it's very friendly. It just says, you decided earlier that you had important goals to do and you don't really want to be on this site. But if you'd like to go into it, here's a okay. countdown for 15 seconds that will let you go in if you click on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get an hour where you could go into it and then it starts all over again. Um, and then I, I think another prevention thing is just before you get into mental illness, if you've nurtured your support network, whether that's your coworkers or your friends or family, and you have helped other people out and they're able to listen to you, that can help uh, when you need them. Definitely. Um, one other thing I, I just say related to the burnout is what I call a joy audit where you kind of do, you list all the areas in your life or all the areas in your business. Like, you know, in your business, maybe it's sales, marketing, accounting, HR, whatever they, they are for you. And then you rate them on a scale of zero to 10, where zero is totally sucks and 10 is absolutely ecstatic. And that can help you see areas that may be dragging you down yeah, or causing you stress. All right, let's move on to cures. Woo. And I notice I keep dragging the chat widget down into the top of the screen share. Um, so I think we said this before, but we'll say it again. If you're really feeling seriously mentally ill, get some professional help. Uh, um, we'll, we'll put some resources in the thing, but your family doctor, a suicide prevention line. Uh, you know, there are some lines where you can just, I forget the name of them, but you can just, if you're having problems, you can call up and have someone listen to you. If you don't have anyone else who could listen to you, obviously friends are good uh, too. Um, those basics we mentioned, just check in. Maybe you need to do a reset on that. I use the, the, the end of the week, the Sunday as a reset. If I've been accumulating a bad habit on sleep or eating or whatever it is or exercise, at the end of each week or the end of the month, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do a reset on this habit. You know, I can, I'm forgiving myself for not doing it so well. Now I'm going to rededicate myself to doing whatever that thing is for me. In my case, for example, sleep, I have a commitment to go to bed before 9 p.m. Stretch goal is 8 p.m. Because I notice the difference when I don't do that. Yeah. Um, so that's my sleep one. You know, whatever your metric is for your the basics um you can look at that and if you're recording them in that in written down form or in a spreadsheet you can see patterns you can see like oh like for me for example when when we have the full moon i don't sleep so good so i deliberately go to bed even earlier on the few days around the full moon because i know i'm probably going to wake up in the middle of the night and have difficulty Mm -hmm. going back to sleep so at least i've got some good hours of sleep in early Mm -hmm. what 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 are your thoughts on cures i think um definitely (laughs) professional help can't speak highly for that um i know there's a big stigma around getting well asking for help in general can be very challenging especially for entrepreneurs we're used to doing everything ourselves it can be a big um challenge to to admit that you need help and to ask for it we have a lot of beliefs that you know it's a weakness to ask for help and i think it really is a strength so I want to double down on asking for help. It doesn't need to be a professional, you know, and 
asking for help from a friend saying like, Hey, I've been noticing these, um, changes in my life. Can you just like message me once a week and ask me if I've, if I've been meditating or ask me how I'm doing. And then if I say, Oh, things are fine. Don't let me just say that, you know, ask me to tell you the honest answer. So asking for help is great. Um, and that could even be asking yourself by journaling. If, yeah. if you don't, if you literally are on a desert Island with Tom Hanks and his baseball, you could journal what's going on and then yeah. you're asking yourself out or you could ask God for help or you could ask angels or your guides for those who are into those things. Exactly. So, exactly. I, yeah, I will say also there's a, I mean, I, I am even hesitant. This is another elephant. Everyone has very strong opinions. It seems about medication and drugs. And I think, you know, you drugs, have- medication. Yay. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> they can be so helpful and there's no shame in taking antidepressants and taking anti-anxiety medication. If that's what you think will be helpful for you. Um, you know, it is not, again, it is not a weakness. It is not a failure. Um, sometimes there is literally a chemical imbalance in your brain and in order to rebalance it, like you've been talking about the comparison to physical, um, health. If you broke your leg, you wouldn't just be like, I'm not going to get the surgery because my body can heal itself. Yeah, your body probably could heal itself, but it would take much longer. It would be very painful. And if we have the technology to put a metal plate in your leg, why wouldn't you do it just because you want to be strong or independent? You know, like it's, I think it's great to ask for help and to accept help. Absolutely. And, and also, you know, that negative spiral tends to make us not want to ask for help because mm-hmm. they, you know, I don't deserve it or no one could help or blah, blah, blah. Um, so it, this interrupts that negative spiral just by yeah. speaking up and it interrupts those negative voices by speaking it out loud. Often the negative voices actually are saying pretty stupid things. Yeah. Sorry, negative voices, but you are. Um, and just speaking them out loud helps us recognize either ourselves or the friend or the doctor or therapist or whatever will point out that, well, this isn't really based in reality. And, you know, let's look at some other alternative beliefs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I think also coming back to the business, you know, so many people don't feel enthused about their business, right? They're just doing it for the money and that motivated them for a while, but no longer is motivating. Having a big why for your business, have meaning yeah. in your work, um, it needs to be more than about money or being busy. Um, if it's going to make you happy in the, in the deeper sense, you know, it's the difference between eating junk food and eating really healthy, natural, fresh food. Yeah. One leaves you feeling satisfied and healthy. The other one leaves you feeling empty. Yeah. And it's the same with businesses, I yeah. believe. Yeah. Um, I think also having some balance between your work and your life, you know, it's fine to want to be, do a lot of work if it makes you happy and you're being healthy about it. Um, And it also helps have balance. And to be honest with you, I achieve more when I do less. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah. If I take a vacation or I go away for the weekend, I often solve problems or I come up with cr- great creative new ideas for my business or get perspective mm-hmm. that if I kept my nose to the grindstone, um, you know, working really long hours, I'd never have seen. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something, Michaela, thank you, that I love to tell entrepreneurs is that you are not your business. It's so easy. To- <gasps> You're not. 
to link. You better your, say that again. Yeah, say that again, not, Melanie. You are not your business. You are not your profit. You are not your revenue. You are not your clients or your customers. If you have a quote bad month on paper for your business, that has nothing to do with your worth as a human being. And you know, if you or you're not quote productive enough, like that has nothing to do with your value as a person. So just balance is so important and balance and separation. Remembering that you are a multifaceted human being and you bring so many gifts to this world, not just the gifts of your business. You know, you're a friend, you're a child, you're a sibling maybe. Um, and, and like your, yeah, your value is not the same as your business's value. So very important. Very. I think that's a great point. Um, you know, I, I think some self-compassion really helps to cure sure. all of these, you know, just acceptance that I've got this issue. And I don't know how many people have ever done EFT uh, tapping. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm realizing I keep looking to the side. And that's because I haven't got your photo in the middle. There you go. If I put your video in the middle above my webcam, mm. I, that way I now look like I'm looking at the camera. Um, but, and I forgive myself and love myself, even though I yeah. did that during the uh, um, prezzo. Um, but yeah, if anyone ever has done EFT tapping, that is a, you know, some of that is I love and accept myself, uh, but even though I have this mental illness, whatever the thing is, or even though I had this bad month and, you know, even though I may have caused it myself, I love and forgive myself. And then you're tapping like little acupressure points around your Mm -hmm. face. I've got an article on the intuitive leadership mastery website, or you can just Google for EFT tapping. You'll find lots of videos and stuff uh, and another energy shift method for for curing these things is uh emdr uh, which i think stands for eye movement desensitization something or another but basically you work with someone else and they you talk about and bring up the issue and then you move your eye they move your finger around and you follow it in different ways and it stimulates different pieces of your brain and i guess because you have these neural patterns and pathways in your brain while you're thinking about the issue and you stimulate them by by looking it clears out the crap yeah super powerful i've had very um powerful experiences with that yeah me too i mean like earth shatteringly deep um and then um coming back you know perhaps the basics you know having good routines and habits you know routines around eating regular meals i I sometimes forget to eat i I don't know if you've ever had that problem but yeah (laughs) um, or, or the opposite problem that I don't, I'm not conscious and I'm always eating, mm-hmm. you know, not necessarily eating healthy things. So, uh, uh, so putting in place, good routines, having a, a buddy who helps, you know, you know, you have a, if you have difficulty exercising, get a friend and both agree, you're going to either go for a run together yeah. or you're going to check in with each other. If you're not allowed to, you know, contact with each other because of social distancing. Though I think running with a meter's distance between you is fine. And no one has had in recorded history has ever caught coronavirus from exercising outside. I'm serious on that statistic. They've studied that. It's generally when you're stuck inside in the air circulating round and round. Yeah, for sure. Makes um, sense. Anyway, I won't go off on that tangent. And then uh, uh, the final thing I, I, I'll just add on this is reframing the thing. I think we touched on that briefly, but um, you know, looking at the problem in a different way. And that's where friends, family, therapists, counselors, coaches can all help in reframing yeah. those, those thoughts. Um, so I, did you have anything else on cures before we flip to the next section? I think that's is, good. Which is the penultimate section, I believe. 
Yeah. <laughs> so some loving reminders from Melanie. Yes, I um, I accidentally leaked this one first, but I got too excited <laughs> that you are. Not- <laughs> I think it's so important, and it's such a it's such a big issue with so many entrepreneurs because it makes sense. You know, it it is a for so many people, their business is just an extension of themselves um, because their heart and their soul and their mind is in it. Um, but but it's not the success of your business is not reflective of your success as a human being. So I think it's really important to separate that. Um, my other loving reminder to entrepreneurs is that I know we all love to overachieve and we love to um, work hard and, and see growth and see improvement. And this is a crazy time. We're in a crisis, like Samantha said. They are, they're not calling it a crisis because it's not. <laughs> um, so now is not necessarily the time for you to, to you know, reach enlightenment. If you want to like ease up on your expectations for yourself, I think that would be very healthy and kind. If you want to, you know, instead of, instead of reaching the next goal, if you're focusing just on preventing the, the slide or the downward spiral or the crash, you know, um, like we got to adapt. That's something entrepreneurs are really good at adapting. And this is a different time. So your, your goals and your systems that you have set up for yourself in, in quote, like regular times might, you know, it might be helpful to readjust those a little bit. That those are great loving reminders. Um, we've written those out in the uh, handout that we're going to share. So you can print them out and tape them up and mm. say them out loud or whatever you want to do. Um, and, and also I think another reminder is that the reality, what people share on social media probably is not what's really going on in their life. Mm-hmm. And if you see all your friends are all happy and seem well adjusted, chances are at least 20% of them are like having serious mental illness. Actually right now, probably all of them are <laughs> at least 60% are having, you know, either clinical depression or PTSD and, and a bunch of people are having anxiety. So mm-hmm. don't be fooled by social media or, or, or reading the news and looking at life of famous people is another way yeah. people delude themselves. So I'm not as successful as this mega entrepreneur. Well, yeah, a, so what, you know, you're very yeah. good at what you do and, and B, if you really went to that person's life and trailed them 24 seven for a week, you'd probably discover their life isn't all rainbows and unicorns either. Mm-hmm. So, and same with marriages, you know, relationships, often people who are single think, Oh yeah, everyone is in relationships ecstatically happy. Well, that may not be true. Yeah. So, all right. I think we should talk about resources. Absolutely. So, we have the replay of this, which will, uh, you know, it's on the Facebook live. It also, it's also the podcast and the YouTube video we're going to make of this. Um, we've put some resources, uh, in the notes. Um, but I have a bunch of podcasts on this, uh, uh, topic, um, around, uh, anxiety and depression and suicide and uh, dealing with addictions and amazing interviews I've had with great entrepreneurs, around the world about how they uh, overcame some of these issues in their life and, um, you know, improve their mental health. So uh, I'll put all those links in there. You, you can find all the podcasts uh, on the Intuitive Leadership Mastery site. And then some tools. Uh, I think Samantha mentioned Headspace, which is a meditation app for your phone. She mentioned a watch. She uses the Apple Watch that reminds her to breathe. I think there are other gizmos that have similar things you know fitbit or similar devices keep track of your steps or other exercise things 
there are other meditation apps like Brain FM has focus and sleep music. Mm-hmm. Um, I use one called uh, Pits, which is P C I Z Z. Great for naps, great for sleep. I, when I in a world where I used to be able to take airplanes across <laughs> oceans, uh, hopefully that will happen again. But um, I'd use that to sleep on the airplane. And it has what I love about it has you can pick all these different musics and all these different voices. And the voices, all these encouraging voices saying, oh, you've had a good day and you deserve to have a little rest. And it's, you know. That's awesome. What is that one called? Yeah. Uh, Pits. Mm. It's P-Z-I-Z-Z. And I will tell you, if you sign up for it, they'll try and, uh, well, they'll give you a 14-day trial and they'll try and get $99 out of you. But if you just hold steady while they send you constant reminders through your email, uh, eventually they'll give you a, a 75% discount. Oh. Um, yeah. Well, that's how I got it. And that's a lifetime thing as far as I remember. Nice. Um, yeah, it's a great app. Um, and it also has focus music, as does Brain FM, which helps yeah, you focus. You know, if you, I find if I'm having apathy, if I just get one thing done that, you know, in my business, mm-hmm. and if I put focus music on, it's so much easier to do that like tedious task I didn't want to get out of the way, you know, mm-hmm. or that I've been... I've created all kinds of mental crap chatter around how terribly difficult it will be. And then I actually do it. It turns out to be pretty easy. Absolutely. Um, and then I mentioned rescue time earlier. There's lots of other apps that will control how much social media and news or whatever other websites you think are naughty. Pornography is another big one for a lot of people. You know, when you're in an office, not that all, m- many entrepreneurs work from home, but you know, when you're in an office, there's social reasons to not, go into some of these websites too much mm-hmm. when people work from home it's so easy to slip into pornography Good or clients. video games or online chess or whatever your you know, addiction to jure is you know mm-hmm. not that chess is bad but if you're doing it for 12 hours a day perhaps that's a little bit much. anything can be a medicine or a poison depending on how you uh how you consume it so yeah i think we ought to say our disclaimer at this point I got the disclaimer. Somehow the disclaimer side snuck up without me clicking. Um, so this podcast, video, meetup, whatever you want to call it, is not a substitute for therapy or medical advice. And if you need medical professional help, go get it. Um, and uh, so if you feel like you're obsessively worrying and it's interfering with your work or relationships uh, or other stuff, that would be a clue. Um, or if you're, uh, it's upsetting to you and difficult to control, or if you're depressed and having trouble with drugs or alcohol or other addictions, um, or if you think your mental health issues are related to your physical illnesses, or absolutely, if you're having suicidal thoughts or behaviors, like cutting is an example of that, please go get emergency help immediately, like right now. Um, and, um, you know, as we've said, these things, if you don't deal with them yourself or with the help of friends or professional help, uh, they can get worse and you don't want that. Mm-hmm. So if in doubt, get some help. And, uh, we put some links on that in there. So I, I think that's, um, all the material. Did we have any questions in the Facebook chat that we missed? Not yet. Not yet. They're all absorbing it possibly it was very deep and dark subject that takes time to digest so if any of this talk resonated with you but you were like oh that's a bit icky i'm not sure i want to think about that 
just take a break for a day or two and then consider coming back to the recording and re-listening to that piece a few times. Because sometimes with deep stuff, particularly with mental issues, it takes a few goes to, yeah. to, to hear the message. Um, and and if, if Melanie and I's approach to this just didn't resonate with you at all, find some other podcast, find some other video, read some other book, go, talk to someone else. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not the only people on the planet who talk about this stuff, though mm-hmm. I think we are two of the better ones. And I will say, uh, if this did resonate with you, um, I'm, depending on how you're consuming this, if you're on Facebook, I'm going to throw a comment in on here if you want to reach out to me privately i don't want to speak for you michaela but i would imagine if they want to reach out to you privately um i'm more than happy to chat with you on any of these things to go deeper on any of these things um and just be a resource i love talking about these things and sharing um i think that yeah mental illness is so challenging and it's such a difficult place to be in and and um if there's anything that i can do to help you prevent or get out of that i would love to well, that is fabulous. Yes. I mean, I shared the Facebook live. You can just PM me there, or if you have some other way to reach me, you can do that. I, I also, um, you know, I put out a lot of material on the intuitive leadership mm-hmm. mastery website uh, to do with this and other entrepreneur intuition topics. So that's another resource. And I've written two books on business intuition uh, too. So um you know, that, that has, a, if you're, if any of the woo woo stuff appeal to you, the intuitive mm-hmm. leadership mastery book has plenty of woo woo in there, probably more woo than woo than, you know, many people want to deal with, which is why I wrote the second book that has, has no woo woo in it, but has the same ideas presented a different way. Um, <laughs> Excellent. Michaela. Thank yes. you. Well, thanks everyone for attending. Thank you, Melanie, for all your wonderful work on this and, uh, and passion and contributions and uh we'll see you all another time yeah thanks michaela this was great uh great and now i've got to figure out okay (laughs) how do i end this (laughs) take a while so we'll just sing just talk amongst yourselves everyone i'll just throw some compliments at everyone listening to this while we wait you're beautiful yes and you're resilient and you're exactly on the right path and you are worthy of all the things that you want in life and you are loved by so many people whether they tell you or not you are making a difference in their lives you inspire people you are so beautiful and handsome if you prefer that one you you light up every room that you enter and you are so smart and you learn new things every day and people are so proud of you and you should be so proud of you and you are so great and you are so fun to be around and you are so funny and you bring joy wherever you go and let's see you you're just awesome people that you don't even know have have heard about how great you are and have been inspired by stories about you and from you. Um, you're a beautiful butterfly <laughs> and a beautiful sunflower. I've been really into sunflowers recently. Uh, Michaela, how you doing? 
Oh, I was ready quite a while ago. I just so much enjoyed listening to your stream of uh, praises. You know, it's like I wanted to put it onto an app and listen to it, you know, to meditate. Uh, we did have a question. Someone said, what was that meditation app? There were several yeah. out there. The ones we mentioned uh, were Headspace, uh, uh, Brain FM, and uh, Pits, which is P-Z-I-Z-Z. And we'll put those all in the handout. So uh, worry not. And um, also, I forgot we have this cute slide that mm. says, when I is replaced with we, even illness becomes wellness. I thought that was pretty uh, yes. deep. So, um, whoops, we're not doing a sharing time because uh, this is a recording and we want to be sensitive to people's stuff. So I'm going to stop the share. I'm going to stop the Facebook live somehow, stop live stream. And I'm going to stop the recording. And thanks, everyone, for coming. Fantastic. Thanks. Get detailed show notes on today's episode together with your free What Would It Take Business Intuition Guide at intuitiveleadershipmastery.com. Create a fabulous and profitable day. What would it take?